It's actually the binding of Isaac in the Old Testament that kind of proves yeah. that wow. God would never wow. allow, wow. Uh, you know, he would never allow yes. his son to be sacrificed. Yes. I mean, what is that? Uh, welcome back. It's such an honor to be sitting here with you today. Thank you. The honor is mine. Thank you for joining me again, Tiffany, on another exciting conversation, inshallah. So today, uh, I thought we'd talk about the story, a very famous story in the Bible and uh, the Old Testament. is the story of the binding of Isaac and how Christians view the story of the binding of Isaac to be kind of like a foreshadow for the crucifixion of Christ. What do you say? Yes, that's a, that sounds like a great topic. And I would love to, to discuss that with you. Every time we have a conversation, I find that my understanding of something completely changes and I, I learn so much. So uh, that, that sounds amazing. Thank you. So um, Christians, they kind of have this understanding um, and they got it from uh, people like St. Augustine that the New Testament is hidden in the Old Testament and the Old Testament is revealed through the New Testament. Yes. So they're always drawing these parallels between New Testament and Old Testament. Yeah. And then they, they look at the Old Testament story and they're like, subhanAllah, it's as if it's, it's already saying that, you know, Jesus is the truth. Look, it already gave him signs along the way. And so, uh, you know, one of those, those things, which is not today's topic, but just to give an example, is the uh, story of the, in the desert, when, when Moses made a statue of a snake that was on a cross, and he told the Israelites that whoever looked at it would be healed. And so the Christians would look at the story in the Old Testament and they would say, wow, you know, so, so it's like the same way that the Israelites would look at the serpent on the cross and they would be healed in the time of Moses, as are we in the New Testament. Whoever looks upon Jesus on the cross then is healed too and he's forgiven from all sins. Yeah. So, yeah, let's jump right in. Tell us about the story of the binding of Isaac. Okay. Uh, so I, I, I'm familiar with what you were talking about. It's the, they, the scholars call it typology. They, they draw, they, they look at like a, a certain wording of something or a symbol that's appearing in the Old Testament, and they say that it's fulfilled in the New Testament. And the, the story that you're talking about, the binding of Isaac, has, has a lot of that. So uh, God tells Abraham, take your one and only son, Isaac, whom you love so much, to the land of Moriah, and there sacrifice him. And it's intended that he will be a, a burnt offering. So Abraham does that. He gets his son. He gets the wood and the fire and, and the knife. And they, they go on their journey to Mount Moriah, or to Moriah and uh, ascend a uh, mountain there, and then uh, at the last moment, there's a switch. He he's supposed to sacrifice his son Isaac, and then God re replaces it at the, at the last second, and his son is spared. So this story, uh, 
the Christians, they, they see that Jesus, uh, the story of Jesus and a lot of the, the language used in the story of, of, of Abraham and Isaac and the story of Jesus is the same. Uh, they see that the, the concept of him being a sacrifice, a sacrificial lamb is the same. Uh, so they use, uh, they use these two stories and compare them and they say that Jesus was the fulfillment in the New Testament of this story in the Old Testament. Okay, so what are some of the themes then in the story? What, what are some of the things that they see as parallels? Let's try to list them off, okay? okay. I know you listed a couple now as you were explaining, but let's go through uh, and try to find as many of them as possible. There, there are so many, actually. Uh, when you go into it, they become actually very small details, but one of the biggest ones is the language of the only son. So. Yes. Isaac is said to be the only son of Abraham, mm -hmm. uh, one and only son. And as we know, he's actually not the, the only son uh, of Abraham, but this word, uh, the, the true meaning of it is more like unique or special. Special son. Yeah, exactly. So the, in Genesis 22, this is what it says. And then uh, the Christians, they look at John 3.16 and how, uh, how it said that God gave his one and only son uh, as a sacrifice so that those who believe in him will not perish but have eternal life. That's and, perfect. So that's one. Okay. Two is the fact that Abraham is the father of all of Israel, right? And he's yes. one of the great uh, fathers, as they call him, which is Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. Mm -hmm. Abraham's the first. He's the father of all of Israel, uh, the main patriarch. And uh, you have God, the father in heaven, uh, being the father of Jesus, yes. right, in Christianity. Yes. So that's the same. Yeah. What else? Uh, the word love. They, it says that both, um, both Isaac and Jesus are loved by their father. Mm -hmm. And actually the first time that the word love is used in the Old Testament, it's this phrase that I said where he says, you're, you're only a son who you love so much. And the first time that the word love is used in the New Testament is also referring to God's love for Jesus. When it's in, in Matthew, when uh, Jesus is baptized, God says, uh, this is my son whom I love. So there's this, uh, the first time that it's used in the Old Testament, the word love, and the first time that it's used in the New Testament, they're parallel. There's also number four is the submissive obedience of the son. You know, so Isaac, uh, he willingly went to his death. He willingly went to be sacrificed um, in obedience to his father. And as such, Jesus willingly, uh, submissively went to his death in obedience to his father in Christianity. Yes. So that's another parallel. What that's else true. is there? Here's a cool one. Uh, the, they both carried the thing that they were meant to be killed on. So uh, it was Isaac who carried the wood that he was mm -hmm. supposed to be sacrificed on, on his shoulders. And Jesus, of course, carried his cross on his shoulder uh, as he went to Golgotha. That is a cool one. Can you think of any other ones? <laughs> well, they were both bound or tied to the wood. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So that's another one. What yes. else? Um... But yeah, there's this this language of uh, the lamb. Well, language is actually used a lot. Um, one comes to mind, uh, which is 
Not, I, w I won't say uh, anything about the lamb. I'll talk about the... Sorry, yeah, it doesn't really call, I don't think, Isaac the lamb. No. No? It's just but because it's, he's it's replaced. Exactly, yeah. but they kind of like say that, you know, here's Jesus as the lamb, and, and then there's the ram that replaces uh, Isaac. Yeah. Okay, so what, what else is there? So I think generally the concept of... So he was meant to be a burnt offering, and the burnt offering is used for like two purposes. Mm -hmm. uh, it's for just a, an act of worship. And atonement and for atone. sins. Exactly. So that's the parallel. Uh, Jesus, as we know, is seen as the... His sacrifice of his life is seen as the atonement mm -hmm. for everybody's sins. Yes. So in the logic of, of Christian, uh, Christians, um, they're pretty much saying that, you know, hey, the sunnah or the method of God is the same. What he does in the Old Testament is what he does in the New Testament in many ways. Like it's the, the same thing that's happening. Hence that they're finding these parallels between the Old Testament and the New Testament. Mm -hmm. They say, look, as God did with Abraham and Isaac, he does with himself and with Jesus, mm -hmm. right? Why? Because God's method is the same. He, it never changes. His sunnah, the sunnah of Allah is one. Mm -hmm. It never changes, right? Yeah. But where, do the, where does the story of the binding of Isaac differ from the story of the crucifixion of Christ? The change. The, in the case of Isaac... God replaces it at the last moment. Yes. But in the story of Jesus, they believe that he actually was killed and that he was resurrected. There's this, this verse in Hebrews, which they talk about, which says that Abraham, by his faith, he believed that uh, God could resurrect his son. And that's why he had this full faith when he was about to slaughter his own son. And that uh, this is exactly what happened with Jesus, they they talk about Isaiah 53, you know, um, Isaiah 53 is one of those Old Testament passages that is most often cited as being fulfilled by Jesus. The, it's talking about this suffering servant and um, that it talks about how he, he was meant to suffer and he was meant to give his life, but at the same time it says he will prolong his days and he will see his offspring. So the Christians yeah, use that. Isaiah is a very, it's a very important chapter, and it's a whole topic that we have to discuss by itself because the suffering servant in Isaiah, the Jews consider that the suffering servant is talking about Israel yes. as a nation, and the Christians consider it to be talking about uh, Jesus and the Muslims consider it to be talking about somebody else. So let's leave that, that aside and let's focus though on the, the binding of Isaac. Okay. So once again, Abraham, he's commanded by God. God tells Abraham, look, go take Isaac and offer him up as, as a sacrifice, as an offering. Abraham tells Isaac, Isaac is willing and submissive. Mm -hmm. He nowhere does he hesitate at all. Uh, nowhere. Okay. Yeah. He's extremely, extremely submissive. Yes. Now we have the first difference between the story of the binding of Isaac and the story of the passion of the Christ, because Jesus Christ is hesitant. Yes. In fact, 
he gets on his knees and he prays to God so hard. He says, please, God, let this cup be lifted, be lifted from me. Yeah. Right. So he wanted something else to happen. He didn't want. So the first difference that we notice here is that actually Isaac, mashallah, he's, he's, he's more submissive and obedient in the going to the death than Jesus Christ is. It seems like Jesus Christ is more hesitant, more afraid than Isaac is, which in this sense, if we were to judge it by the apparent, we would almost say that Isaac's better. Yeah. Um, the second main difference between the two stories is that, is that God at the final moment, he, he reveals to Abraham that I don't sacrifice my messengers. I don't send somebody to be a proof. I don't send a human being and sacrifice him. I don't do that. In fact, that's what distinguishes him from the gods of the Canaanites, because the gods of the Canaanites are always accepting these baby offerings where they take their babies and, and kill them and sacrificing and offer them to the, to, yeah. to the Lord. Uh, not, not the God of the Old Testament. The God of the Old Testament and the New Testament, um, he doesn't do that to Abraham. And he reveals to him that it was just a test. And, and I'm proud of you for, for, for having the willingness to do it, but I don't need it to be done. I would never do it. And he replaces it with a substitute, a ram comes and, 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 and a ram's a creation of God. It was specifically created to be the substitute for, um, for Isaac and to take its place. And, and Abraham takes the ram. He unbinds Isaac. He binds up the ram. He slaughters it. He sprinkles the blood on the altar. And he says, oh, God, accept the blood of this ram in the place of Isaac. Yes. As to where in Christianity... Um, you know, and that's where it's not a foreshadowing of the story. It's impossible because God in the New Testament does something completely different. Yeah. Uh, what he does is, is, according to the Christians, according to the New Testament, is that he actually sacrifices his son. Yeah. And so maybe somebody says, okay, well, that's to prove that, you know, God the Father is better, to Abraham, better than Abraham because he was actually... But, but it doesn't make sense because Abraham was willing to do it. Mm -hmm. So what's the difference? That there's no argument there. It's not like Abraham was hesitating and then God's like, hey, this is how it's really done. Do you understand what I mean? Yes, I understand. It doesn't make sense. It's, it's and in a... fact, it's the son over here that's hesitant and not the son that's over there. Yes. But what the story of the binding of Isaac is a foreshadowing of... And then it, it, it makes complete sense in the Muslim narrative of the crucifixion of Christ. Yeah. What happens is identical, step by step, word for word, as it was in the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, we told the story. In the New Testament, uh, we told the story. The Islamic version of it is that basically Jesus was not meant to be a sacrifice. He was meant to be obeyed, but it's the bad people who betrayed him and the bad people arrested him and the bad people were taking him to sacrifice him. And instead of God allowing it to be a sacrifice, 
what he does is he does for Jesus exactly what he did for Isaac. Yeah. He, he substitutes and sacrifices something else for Jesus, just like he substituted and sacrificed something for Isaac. Yeah. God specifically created a ram to take the place of Isaac, and we know Jesus was much greater than Isaac. Um, Muslims know that, and also Christians know that. And so God substituted Jesus by also a special creation, an angel of his, that he may take the place of Jesus. And so when we look at the Muslim narrative, and we put it side by side with the binding of Isaac, that is what becomes the correct interpretation. And, and, and it's actually the binding of Isaac in the Old Testament that kind of proves yeah. that wow. God would never wow. allow, uh, wow. you know, he would never allow yes. his son to be sacrificed. Yes. I mean, what is that? If God saved the son of Abraham, does he not have more of a right to save his own son? Yeah. If course. somebody was to ransom themselves for the son of Abraham, wouldn't uh, all of the hosts of heaven and all of the angels above be willing to sacrifice themselves in the place of the of the son of God? Yeah. Oh right? my gosh. That that's amazing because we we've discussed and we've learned so much about this topic of Jesus and what really happened and trying to make sense of the apparent differences between uh, the Christian version of things and what is in the Quran about Jesus and how it was only made to appear that he died, but also having the Old Testament prove that it is actually uh, the the Muslim narrative and you pulling out all of these uh, scriptures that back it up from Christianity is just uh, amazing. Thank you, Tiffany. Thank you so much. Uh, thank you so much for, for teaching us this. Yeah, it's it's absolutely amazing, and uh, and I think that if they really genuinely want to use the Old Testament as a study, so that they can understand Jesus as they claim to, that's mm -hmm. what this whole study of typology and symbolism in the Old Testament being fulfilled in the New Testament is is meant to do. If they genuinely want that, then this is really going to blow people's minds. Yeah, I think if there if there's somebody who's fair. And he takes the story of the binding of Isaac and he says, okay, uh, let's take this as a, as a parallel. Let's take this as a foreshadowing of one of these two stories. Then we leave the audience to decide, uh, is this story foreshadowing more the Christian version or is it foreshadowing more and paralleling more with the Muslim version? And that's the question. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. God bless. And I can't wait to have more conversations with you again soon. Inshallah.